You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Locked On Browns brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself, at Locked On Browns. Follow that account. DMs are open. You guys know the drill. We appreciate everybody for making Locked On Browns your first listen day in, day out on whatever podcast platform you find. Locked On Browns, remember, we will always be free. Your week six, and it's weird to say week six already. Again, as always, we always say the NFL season, nothing goes by faster. Sports Illustrated's Pete Smith along for the ride. Arizona Cardinals, 5-0 and coming to town. Um, as much as you know, Browns fans are concerned about injuries, the Cardinals come into this with their own issues. Chandler Jones going to miss the game with uh, his COVID uh, positive. Uh, center Rodney Hudson, not going to be available. Uh, there's a couple other Cardinals apparently going through some COVID issues right now. Those players have yet to be named, but we'll see how this all works out. You know, once we finally get going 405 Sunday at first energy, um, Pete, the offensive side of the ball, uh, you talk about, you know, the injuries, you know, the Browns are going through with their tackles, Jack Conklin, Jedrick Wills playing last week with the fourth and fifth tackles, Blake Hans with a nice job. Uh, not that, you know, not that you want it this way, not that it, you know, well, we're not positive, of course, you know, if Wills or even Conklin or either or neither are going to be able to go. Um, but you do get a little bit of an advantage here um, with a banged up offensive line with the loss of a player like Chandler Jones for the Cardinals. Well, yeah, I mean, look, Chandler Jones uh, is is obviously a good player. He had five sacks against uh, the Tennessee Titans to start the season. I don't think he's I don't know if he's had a sack since, but he is a guy who can generate pressure. And the Cardinals are predicated on stopping the pass. They'll let you run on them uh, under the idea that they'll eventually get a stop, but they, they don't want to let be, let you beat them in the passing game. And not having a guy like Chandler Jones out there um, certainly lightens the load for the Browns in that respect. Now you look at this, Pete, and, and you know you brought it up here, and this has been, you know, Obviously not a focus of their defense is stopping the run game, but I mean, look, you're not also trying to get gassed at the way they are and the rate they are. They have not faced a backfield. Well, I mean, they did face Derrick Henry week one, um, but that turned out to be a victory for them. This appears to be a game where the Browns don't truly necessarily have to overdo it as far as, you know, Baker Mayfield, the passing game, whatever everybody wants to make of it. This is truly a game where you probably can lean pretty heavily on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Well, I mean, the, the the question really at this point is is will those guys be operational? Nick Chubb hasn't yet to practice this week, um, but yeah, I mean, in general, the 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 defense of the Cardinals is very similar to that of the Chargers. They don't defend the well run well at all, um, but the difference is that the Cardinals are not as good uh, against the pass as the Chargers were. So. In a lot of ways, I think this plays to the Browns' strengths. Uh, you know, the idea that uh, that if you're a team that's okay giving up the run, that's fine until you know it gives it, it yields 42 points, and then obviously it doesn't really work. So because the Browns are so effective, um, they can really put 
teams like the Cardinals and the Chargers to the test. I don't see any reason that would change. They're really poor on the interior. Uh, but like J.J. Watt's not defending the run very well this year. Um, so they're really relying heavily on their linebackers. And with the Browns, if Wyatt Teller continues to resemble Wyatt Teller from last year and Joel Batonia continues to play like an all-pro, then they can have a, uh, one of them on you know, getting to to Zayvon Collins and and those guys pretty consistently and ultimately take them out of the game. And for you know anybody listening, Jarvis Landry uh, designated return does not necessarily mean he will return Sunday. Um, Pete, this would be if he is to return Sunday. This would be the first time in 2021 where you're going to have Odell Jarvis in the fold at the same time in a wide receiver in a wide receiver, I guess, quartet, five pieces, however you want to put it, where it's not really clicked yet within the passing game. So, I mean, for me, kind of the question here is going to be is, is Jarvis Landry coming back going to, you know, further murky the waters, so to speak? Or, you know, is this going to come back and be able to hopefully you know, get this wide receiver group and, you know, it's – it's crazy because individually all could bring something to it. I think they've really found a way though, to make it collectively work as a wide receiver unit to this point. Well, look, the, the problem, with, the problem with Jarvis Landry is that, you know, he doesn't go very deep. Um, his like average depth of target right now is like 2.8 yards. Um, but where he may have real value is in the red zone. And then maybe perhaps he he Baker Mayfield has a little more confidence when he's on the field in some of these late game situations. Uh, but for the things that people seem to want out of this offense, in a lot of ways, Jarvis Landry is sort of the opposite because people are saying that the Browns don't go downfield enough, even though they're fifth, fifth overall in average depth of target. And then they're averaging, you know, a little like a little over nine yards per pass. Um, so in that sense, Landry may actually have them go the other way, but there is also an element of in the same way that uh, the Browns can sort of go big or go small. They can sort of mix and match their uh, longer and shorter passing options that maybe that can be a way that creates space or allows uh, other players to create openings. I'm sort of dubious on that fact just because Odell Beckham is – clearly having a major impact on offense, even when he's not getting the ball. Um, if you compare it to last year, the Browns were operating their offense in a box and this year they have all kinds of space. And I don't know if that's likely to change with just getting Landry back, but if they're better in the red zone, given the amount of issues they've had on fourth down, down in that area of the field or some of those things, then that can be, a huge positive for them and at least make them more efficient on that, which would be worth it in its own right. David Njoku, uh, career day last week. And, you know, we have sung the praises and the abilities of David Njoku for a long time. And to his own credit, um, you know, in 2020, he turned, turned a corner as far as becoming a complete tight end where, you know, it wasn't so much of a question when he came out of the field, as far as, you know, basically a tell or a giveaway, you know, which way the offense was going to lean as far as run pass. Uh, Big Buda Baker, look, as fantastic of a player as he is, he's undersized. He's just not a very big guy. So even if he can kind of cover David Njoku or be with him, 
it's still a mismatch just due to David Njoku's just overall size. And obviously, you know, the athletic ability as far as, you know, his catch radius, his, his jumping ability, all of that stuff. This is something that they tapped into last week, Pete. And it, 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 to this point this season, it's been a good rapport between Baker and number 85. This is something I think they kind of need to keep going because, A, it'll open up the outsides, of course. But, B, he's just that much of a mismatch nightmare for a defensive player. He's too fast for linebackers. He's too physical and too big for defensive backs. Well, right now he's right now he's their most consistent deep threat by far. Um, I, I'm a little agitated the idea that they've only targeted once in the red zone because that's something he's done really, really well throughout his career. Uh, but in terms of being a big play threat and a mismatch and all these things that we've sort of been waiting for, he's doing all of it and then some. He's incredibly efficient. Uh, he's averaging something like 12 and a half yards per target or something like that. He's got five explosive plays. Nobody else has more than two. Um, so he's another guy who's creating space. He's another guy who's putting significant pressure on defenses because it's not easy to just, uh, put somebody on him. I mean, maybe they're going to try to have like Isaiah Simmons cover him or something. I don't know, but, um, that's still a, a really good situation for the Browns and whatever they do with him, um, should create opportunities for other other players. So, you know, David Njoku has had two games where he's been a legit star and then three games where he's sort of been, uh, you know, not really done much. And, you know, the Bears game, he wasn't even targeted. So some of this just is a matter of how the Browns offense works. They don't tend to force things. Um, they're more likely to take what the defense is giving you. But certainly Njoku is – making the case that he needs to be featured um, every week. And frankly, I think that's, that's a smart play because if he's working the inside, then it's going to open up things on the outside or underneath to like Kareem hunt, or in this case, if, if he's back Jarvis Landry. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, on Jarvis, you know, hasn't done much other than run this week um, just because he's designated again, doesn't ideally mean he's going to return. Um, you have no idea, you know, there is some weather over the weekend here in Ohio, so you have no idea what kind of track you're talking about essentially for Sunday. Um, and the most important thing is, you know, is he going to be able to cut? I mean, the straight line, obviously, whatever. And we, you know, we have our jokes with Jarvis about his overall speed. Um, but if he's not going to be able to cut and break, then maybe this week he's just not going to be ready. Maybe this is more of being ready and hopefully ready to go Thursday night, then get another 10 days off before you face the Steelers on Halloween. Pete, for the Browns to be victorious on Sunday – the most important player on offense to succeed would be? Um, I, I would say Baker Mayfield. Um, he was really good last week. And, you know, they, they, they didn't win, not because of him, but they, they just left points on the field. I think that's, you know, it's something he's been hitting on consistently, but that's something that he can have an impact on. So, I think the Browns running game is going to be there. It's just a question of can you do enough in the passing game? Uh, can you do enough to avoid leaving points on the field? You know, starting out last week by settling for a field goal was a big win for the, for the chargers. Um, the play calling issues and miscommunications before the end of the half, after they recover a fumble, um, Obviously, three points were great in the situation, but again, you could have had more than that. So it's about Baker Mayfield and about making sure they don't miss opportunities to to come away with touchdowns rather than settling for field goals or 
or getting nothing in the case of the fourth and two play that uh, that Beckham couldn't handle. So, I, you know, I, I think Baker Mayfield was really good last week, um, and I, I see no reason he can't be again this week. Uh, you just you just need to have the continuance. You need to have you know the balance. And look, you know, if you get Landry back, you know, it just gives Baker another weapon. And you know, sometimes you're gonna have to maybe you know tone it down a little bit as far as trying to get everybody involved. Just go with what is working. Um, you know, even still, you know, sometimes with you know, even the clunkiest efforts on offense, are very easily to put up, you know, high 20s, 30 points. Um, so, you know, whatever, whatever's working, ride that horse. They have a lot of options. And sometimes having too many options isn't necessarily the best thing. And it's, not, you know, again, kind of, you know, slows things down, anchors things down. Uh, find what's working, working best and rock on with it. We're going to flip it up here. We'll go to the defensive side of the ball here. Start talking about the offense of the 5-0 Arizona Cardinals as they come in to Cleveland for Sunday's matchup. We are back in better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive your 50% welcome bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. It's looking, Pete, like you were going to get all three cornerbacks. Greg Newsom trending towards like he is going to return for this Sunday. Uh, Greedy Williams, you know, the dinged up shoulder, the couple of injuries suffered on Sunday. Minor, he's been at practice all week. Denzel Ward, all signs look like he's going to return. This is now a good situation to be in, Pete. It's a good problem to have. But you're getting Newsom back. Greedy Williams has been outstanding in his absence what do you do here? I mean, we've, we, you know, we, we heard over the summer and obviously talks in the, over the summer of, you know, you were working with Greg Newsom uh, inside as well. I, I, I just don't see a situation where the Browns want to have, you know, any of these three cornerbacks watching the game necessarily. They've all played really well. You might want to work on some way or maybe you change up your dime where you've been playing three safeties. Maybe you go four corners. Joe Woods has a situation here on his hand. It's a good situation, um, but a situation nonetheless of where, you know, you have, you know, multiple players at same positions who have all been playing extremely well and all warrant playing time. Well, I think if there's a, if there's a team to, to play more corners in your dime packages, uh, the Cardinals are it because they have four receivers who all have more receiving yards than, than David Njoku, who's the Browns leading receiver. Um, you know, in that respect, it may make sense not to mention that if, if you've had issues on this team, uh, it's been safety. So, uh, that, which isn't to say they, they don't have talent. They do. It's just not clicking in the way that they would hope so, uh, yet. I, I emphasize yet, but, um, so maybe that's something they consider. I, you know, I, Troy Hill has been sort of a roller coaster ride thus far. Mm-hmm. He does some good things, but he's also been sort of, um, inconsistent, had some penalties. So I, I don't anticipate them sort of taking him out of the lineup. 
and it may just be a simple uh, matter of you know who is who is the healthiest slash playing the best right now. I, my guess would be that they go right back to Greg Newsom and uh, Denzel Ward right now. But you know whether it's over the course of the game or over the course of the next few games, um, they may feel they just have to put Greedy Williams on the field because he is playing so well. Um, you know, I, I, the the nature of the injuries that these guys are are dealing with, you know, the calf for for Newsom shoulder and 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 uh neck for greedy williams you know obviously everything comes down to really severity and how much they're battling but if you're saying you know that all three are playing well um who's the guy that makes the most sense to sort of wait on would be newsome just because it's a calf and you need to run be able to run and cut and all those things um but it may come down to who's sort of in the worst shape maybe denzel ward uh's neck is is um, more of a concern, maybe Greedy Williams' shoulder, simply because it's his shoulder, and that's an, an area where they've had issues in the past. Uh, that's that's entirely speculation, but um, that may be ultimately something that that becomes a consideration for them. Pete in weeks three and four, with Malcolm Smith manning the mic, playing extremely well, uh, this defense was faster. Uh, Anthony Walker came back. I guess, I mean, I can somewhat understand Justin Herbert is not, I mean, yes, he's mobile, but in, you know, what you would classify today's mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, he's certainly not going to be high on that list. What do you do here? Uh, You know, this team defensively just played better with Malcolm Smith. They played faster with Malcolm Smith. Only three snaps last week, batting a little bit of an, you know, uh, ab injury. We'll see exactly what the deal is there. Um, this defense was just a better defense with Malcolm Smith manning the mic. Uh, it's not like Anthony Walker was this ridiculously great free agent signing. Um, and maybe, so, you know, reading the tea leaves here with Josh Johnson the third now wearing the green dot. Uh, maybe they're going to trend that way to go back to let's just get the fastest athletes on the field, especially when you're facing a, you know, a team with Kyler Murray who can run around and make your day a living hell. Well, that is the big question. You know, he only played three snaps last week, and then suddenly he's out for a practice with an abdominal injury. Did he suffer the abdominal injury in those three snaps, in which case then it sort of makes sense as to why, you know, it was all Anthony Walker rather than being a sort of tactical choice. Um, so that that's sort of the first thing. The other thing is, the easiest way to get Anthony Walker off the field is to take the green dot away from him, which they have. To me, this was always the most logical way to go about it is to put it on a safety. And John Johnson obviously has experience with it. Um, so now you're never going to take John Johnson off the field. So it makes sense that he would be able to do that, but you now give yourself the ability to not be reliant on Anthony Walker um, in any one facet. So, Assuming both guys are help, healthy, I would imagine it becomes a package deal where, you know, if they're playing teams more likely to run or more obvious run situations, Anthony Walker's going to be in there. He's more built to do that. But in sort of, uh, you know, neutral or pass-heavy situations, then Malcolm Smith is that guy because that's literally what he's for. I've always had a slight concern that Malcolm Smith would wear down over the course of the year playing a true 
you know, Mike linebacker that has to go up and, and, you know, make run fits consistently and all that stuff, which may have proven true if this uh, abdominal injury happened, but he is played really well and he's really well suited to do that. So I think as this linebacker position should be, it's basically, you know, you divide it into jobs and you, you uh, operate those jobs into the best situation. So in this game, I, you know, the, the Cardinals aren't going to, aren't a good run team. They just aren't. So if they're all healthy, then Malcolm Smith's your dude. And you should be out there basically the entire game. When we get to teams like, you know, the, the Ravens or, you know, some of these other heavier run teams, then it's going to be a big Anthony Walker week. So I'm hoping that's where we get, um, you know, I, I, I've, if, as much as I really, really like Joe Woods, and I do, this has sort of always been one of my big questions with him has, has been linebacker usage. And obviously certain players have played a whole lot more football than I would have pre- preferred. So <laughs> um, we'll see. It, it was, it, was it an injury-related d- decision or was it, it, you know, just simply a tactical decision? If it's a tactical decision, I don't like it. If it was an injury-based one, okay, then, yeah, I, I totally get it. Our favorite segment on our Lifetime Browns pregame shows, Pete. Um, look, Rodney Hudson will be out this week. Rodney Hudson, solid, solid player. Um, not going to be a part of this with a rib injury. Already ruled out early, early in the week off uh, this week. Um, looks like J- Jadavian Clowney trending towards being back. Uh, Tack, Miles, all practiced yesterday. Malik Dowell, um, these guys all practiced in some fashion yesterday. Pete, find the turd. Um. I, I guess if I was looking at, at, at where the Cardinals have their issues, it would be the right side of the line. Um, Kelvin Beecham is okay. He's doing, I mean, look, let's put it this way. The Cardinals in general are better pass blocking than they are run blocking, which makes sense. That's all they do. So if, if I'm looking at the guy who's doing the worst in that particular area, I would go with Josh Jones, which is their right guard. But, you know, this is the thing that sort of is is irritating about the Cardinals. They're a really good pass protecting team, which they need to be. Um, so if you're going to pass the ball a ton, even if you're technically balanced, but you, you run like terribly, then having a bunch of guys who can pass protect well is critical. So um, I think Josh Jones is the worst of the, of this group. The good news is I think for the Browns that, because the Cardinals are bad at running the ball, I don't think the Browns are going to be afraid to widen out their ends and try to contain Kyler Murray as much as they can. Getting Jadevian Clowney back, if that happens, is critical. Uh, I, you know, it, it it's not quite to the level of missing Miles Garrett, but it was closer than anyone would want to <laughs> want to admit because of just what it does. The Browns couldn't contain the Chargers. Justin Herbert was able to go all over the pocket and roll outside. Um, it, it made a world of difference for Austin Eckler. Um, so, and Takaris McKinley played well. Like, he played well, but it's like playing well in place of Miles Garrett. What is, you know, playing well is fine, but you can't replace that. And Jadevian Clowney is the second most impl- important player on defense. And I think if they have him back and those guys are operating at full capacity – then you literally have the defense that it, that is designed to stop this type of offense. Now they have to go out and do it 
And obviously the 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 Cardinals have a, a good pass blocking line and they have a bunch of really talented receivers and they have a quarterback who can do really well. But if you're just looking at how this defense is designed and what it's supposed to take away, it's basically supposed to take away the Arizona Cardinals. This is what the vision was. This is the emphasis of the players you brought in. This is three safeties. This is playing a lot of nickel. This is wanting to play a lot of dime for teams just like this. Your Browns defensive player who shall be most important or critical to Browns success on Sunday, Pete. Um, I'll say John Johnson. Um, he has not played well. Um, yeah. he, and, and, and he's a guy who's an absolute monster signing for this team in free agency. And that, that position has to play better. In some ways, I can say, you know, Grant Delpit, he's played four games in the NFL period. There's a little bit of, okay, I get it. But John Johnson is supposed to be the guy who locks this thing down. That has not happened yet. Whatever the reason being, miscommunication is a word that keeps coming up both sides of the ball, which is not something you want to have happen with your football team. And if you're the Arizona Cardinals and you've just watched the Chargers, and this is an issue that has sort of bubbled up all year, but the Browns' defensive line sort of covered up a lot of it. Um, without that being able to do it last week, uh, then that was just exactly what the Chargers attacked. For until until the Chargers can make a team, uh, until those safeties can make a team consistently prove they can stop somebody, then they're going to be the target everybody attacks. So there's no reason to believe that 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 will change this week. And as a result, John Johnson should have an opportunity to go out and make a big play, whether that's, you know, interception or whatever, just making a big stop, whatever. Certainly a turnover would be my preference, but there's going to be opportunities for those safeties to make plays. I think John Johnson is, you know, not desperate, but certain, certainly eager to prove himself uh, and and show just how valuable he is. And this is the type of game where he could could make a huge difference. And look, he knows his team. He's played uh, Kyler Murray, Cliff uh, Kingsbury, Cardinals team. He's played them four times now. Nothing should be out of the ordinary for John Johnson III. Um, the miscommunication should probably stop this week, especially in week six now where more people are on the same page. John Johnson knows what, you know, for the most part, what is coming from this offense should be able to communicate what is coming from this offense, uh, you know, to his teammates, to his uh, secondary mates. Um, you know, this is you know why he was signed. He was paid a lot of money. And in games like this, um, you need, you know, your higher price players, you know, guys to step up, guys to make a difference. And uh, for John Johnson, the third, um, you know, I don't want to say it's, you know, it's looking like a bad signing, um, but you know, it's, you know, through five, it's not been the best of signings. We'll get some uh, game predictions and thoughts here. So we continue through here. Your locked on Browns pregame show sports Illustrated's Pete Smith along for the ride. Celebrate freedom of choice. Did you know that Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors that there is something for everyone. When you talk to a Bill Bar fan, they're certainly passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bill Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry, Orange, Cookies and Cream, and German Chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors, 18 bars in total. 
Not only are Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Check out the macro, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to BillPark.com. I'm sorry, go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKDOWN for 15% off at built.com. It is that time. So as we sit down, which will be a Sunday evening, folks, again, as I always like to tell you, on the late slate of games, control your early afternoon drinking. It'll be a long one. Sunday Browns versus Cardinals, and I know you prefaced this last week, Pete, where you thought there were certainly some matchups here for the Browns to exploit. Are the Browns the ones to take the Arizona Cardinals off the throne as the only undefeated team remaining in the NFL in 2021? Um, If Jadavion Clowney plays, yes. Uh, Look, I thought if if Jadavion Clowney played last week, I think the Browns beat the Chargers Mm -hmm. maybe handily. Um, I, I think the Browns are too well designed against this type of team. They've the game, the two games they've lost have been top coin flips, um, and they've won one coin flip against the the Vikings. Um, I just the the Browns are playing so much better than anyone wants to give them credit for because there are too many uh, singular singular issues that that creep up whether it's uh, obviously, defensive issues because they're down so many guys against the Cardinals or, or or Mayfield's accuracy against Minnesota or the fourth quarter in general is an area the Browns have to get better. But they have been the better team in every game they've played for basically three quarters of football. And they simply need to finish. I think they get it done. I think they'll be healthier than – I think they will be healthy in the right places to get it done. Arizona has not been great on the road. They let Jacksonville hang around. Um, so uh, Browns at home, all these things that work out for them. I, I, I think, I think they're going to come away with a win. This is where it becomes critical, Pete. And, and look, you know, three and three, it's not the end of the world, but three and three, it would be two straight losses. Now you're headed into a short week against the Denver Broncos, you know, granted, yes, it's at home, uh, but even still it it becomes a difficult situation. And now you get into that, you know, where maybe everybody, you know, maybe has their concerns. Are we not as good as we think we are? So this is probably, this is a big time, in my opinion, statement game for this team. You you, right now, look, I mean, whether you believe the Cardinals are the best team in the NFL or not, that's fine. But if, you know, whatever they are five and oh, you can't get around that. And you, you need this game and, you know, confidence wise, just, you know, knowing that, you know, what you're doing is working. Look, injuries are, you know, could look like they could be an issue somehow, some way for the Browns. Not that they're not going to be for the Cardinals. So I'm not to make any excuses and not trying to. Uh, both teams are going to come in a little dinged up. Look, it's week six. Um, this is the way it goes. You know, you're either out or you're not playing at 100% because very few people are 100% at this time of the year. This is, this is a big one. And, you know, you kind of already gave two away. Kansas City, you gave one away. You kind of gave one away last week. You certainly can't be giving away games at home. Well, again, you know, against the Chiefs, they were up two scores, and, you know, they ultimately couldn't hold on. 
against the Chargers, they were up two scores, couldn't ultimately hold on. So they clearly have the ability to beat these teams. They have to finish. Uh, this is a process that has to get worked out, but no better time to start than now. And I think they they get it done. But the other thing I think it works in their favor is I think Kevin Stefanski is a way better coach than Cliff Kingsbury. So that should hopefully pan out in a way that allows the Browns to have another advantage. So um, I, I think this is a week that the Browns get it done because in, in, in some part, you know, I know they're undefeated. I know they are, uh, you know, a good team. I just don't know if I would consider Arizona a great team. They just happen to be uh, in a great spot right now. And I, I, I think the Browns have played better teams this year. So I think that's the other reason I think they can get it done. Uh, and look, I mean, again, they need it. Um, you know, Nick Kareem, um, if it's working, continue uh, with that. Uh, you know, work in your play action off of that. We'll see if Jarvis comes back, how that handles the wide receiver room, how it handles the possibility of wide receiver production on Sunday. Uh, look, offensively, you have no questions right now. Putting up 42 last week, you're feeling pretty confident what you're doing. If you're getting back and you're going to have the ability to have you know, four cornerbacks that you like on the field, four cornerbacks that you trust, figure out the linebacker position. And, you know, Pete, I mean, it's it can't be – undersold enough just the importance of Jadavian Clowney having you know and the things that he does that just differ from Miles Garrett you know Miles is straight about just assassinating quarterbacks um as you can tell by his you know front yard with the uh tombstones sort of set up but Jadavian Clowney kind of brings you a little bit of an everything type of factor in you know the way he plays the edge position getting him back paramount um you know yes Kyler Murray is difficult yes he's quick but this is the reason you went in heavy on these athletic fast edge rushers you know to understand that even if you don't get home uh the effort cannot go away you need to chase these guys down you need to assist your other you know teammates in that um we'll see how the again the linebacker position how it works out this is a game where i don't really see anthony walker um brown spaced obviously cardinals two years ago if anybody remembers it was a Kenyon drake fest four touchdowns that day um, just goes to show you the oddity of the NFL. Um, big one Sunday. There's no way around it. Then uh, short week before Thursday night football against the Denver Broncos. But Browns need to get back on the right course. Need to get this team to four and two. Um, head on, you know, head on into Thursday night football. Get a nice little break before your Halloween matchup with the Pittsburgh Steelers as they navigate this really difficult part of their schedule. This has been your Locked On Browns pregame show. Pete Smith from Sports Illustrated, along from the ride Browns Digest. All the written work from Pete and the team over there. These guys are doing a fantastic job. Uh, for Pete's sake, the podcast, uh, Pete and Nicole just continue to knock it out of the park. I think it's starting to get better, a, a little bit better each week um, as the two of them just get more and more comfortable with each other. So if you're not checking that out or listening to that, make sure it is part of your rotation. Me, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, the show itself, at Lockdown Browns. Uh, whatever podcast platform you use, we appreciate you for making us your first listen. Every day means a ton. I, I just can't thank everybody enough. Browns, Cardinals, 405 Sunday. First energy as the Browns look to make the Cardinals part of the teams with a loss on the record. Get the Cardinals off the unbeaten crowd and start to uh, work their way back to the pack, so to speak. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.